Welcome to the Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a full and happy life. And I'm Chelsea, a mindset coach that has a passion for helping people learn to put themselves first and be the best version of themselves each and every day. We came together to create Spoonies Unite, an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, and support so you can live your best life while giving you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. This show is not only for those who live with a chronic illness, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. There's a little something in here for everyone. Thank you to our patrons for your continued support making this possible. If you love our show and want to get some extra goodies, go to patreon.com slash Unite. Enjoy the show! Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we are going to be interviewing Kayleen Hoffman. Kayleen is one of my Pilates clients. She's amazing, love her. She is a self-love junkie, and she is so excited to inspire you through her journey today. She is a wife, dog mom, and soon-to-be aunt for the first time. Kayleen graduated from Wichita State University with a degree in mathematics. She later completed her Master's of Business Administration from Newman University while working at a Fortune 500 company. Through her years in school and beginning her career, she began feeling uncomfortable in her body. Not growing up as an active child and having no knowledge of nutrition, she dove into whatever information she could find to help her lose weight and feel great. This newfound passion for health inspired Kayleen to leave the corporate world and start a business of her own, coaching others to lead a healthy lifestyle alongside her, but with no one... What no one could see is how much she was struggling with her own journey. Today, Kayleen will share how she went from a slightly overweight typical woman to extremely underweight in a competitive fitness world, losing her menstrual cycle for six years, and finally regaining her health and her self-love so you can do the same. During this amazing interview, we talk all about self-love, creating routines, taking time for yourself, body positivity, individual definitions of health, and so much more. We are so excited to share this interview with all of you. And we're really excited that um, you can experience the interview. Even if you don't have a chronic illness, you can get so much out of this. Kayleen does not have a chronic illness, but yet has so much to offer to those of us who do or those of us who don't. And so there really is something in here for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. Today, we have a special guest, Kayleen, with us, and we are so excited to talk to her. We're so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Uh, Can you start with just kind of giving a little bit of a background on your story, who you are, and kind of what brought you to talk to us today? Yeah, so my name is Kayleen. Um, Currently, I am a salon owner. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I am a wife and a dog mom. Um, But what has brought me to talking to you guys today is Cassie is my Pilates instructor. So I have been in the fitness industry for about 15 years now. And I found the fitness industry through living an unhealthy and sedentary lifestyle 
Um, you know, when I graduated high school, my mom really wanted me to go to college and land a corporate job because that's what she knew was going to make me successful. So I did that um, after I graduated college and uh, started working at a Fortune 500 company. It was like my mom was so proud of me. I had made my mom's, you know, goal for me. Um, I, I became even more sedentary. I started putting on weight. I didn't feel good in my body, uh, but I didn't know how to live a healthy lifestyle. So in my spare time, I would dive into the internet, um, magazines, and just try and consume whatever content I could on what a quote unquote healthy lifestyle looked like, how I could lose weight. And really that was my primary goal at the time was just to lose weight. My clothes were fitting tighter. I didn't see health in the terms that I see it now. I thought if I was a size two and looked a certain way, that was healthy. So I go down this fitness journey and we can dive into it more, I'm sure. But um, I, I started doing too much cardio, under eating, kind of what the typical woman dives into when she goes into weight loss and found myself um, losing my cycle for six years and causing almost more harm to my body than I was in my sedentary life and having to undo all the damage that I did. So that's one reason why I started working with Cassie and Pilates is because um, it's still exercise, it's still movement, but I'm not putting more stress on my body by doing intense workouts like I used to. I'm still moving my body, I'm still gaining strength, um, but in a very easy approach to something that I can do long-term. And that's how I see health now. That's so beautiful. I love mm-hmm. how you kind of say that you're looking at health for like kind of the long-term in a, in a different way than you did before. That's, that's a really awesome story. Thanks for sharing, Kayleen. Yeah. Awesome. So what was kind of like your breaking point? What was your kind of your moment where you're like, I can't keep living like this? Like what brought that to be on? And then how did you start to make some changes? So I had two breaking points. My first breaking point was when I was working corporate, sitting at a desk all day. Um, You know, everybody would bring in food. There was a little table right behind me that always had bagels and um, treats on it, snacks. And when I got bored, I just turned around quickly to that table and ate whatever I wanted. So that was breaking point number one, where my pants just started fitting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I felt... I was never overly confident as a child, but really my, all of my confidence had gone out the window. Um, I didn't want people to look at me. I didn't want to go. I had to make presentations at my job and I did not want to get up in front of people and present things because I was worried that they were picking my body apart for the way that I looked. Um, And then I started looking at people around me and I saw the path that I was on if I stayed in that sedentary eating whatever I wanted lifestyle. And that was breaking point number one, where I did not like the future that I saw for myself. And I knew immediately I had to start making changes. Um, Breaking point number two was when I dove into the fitness industry and I started living what I thought at the time was a healthy lifestyle, working out for hours on end every day, uh, I started doing bikini competitions. So if your listeners or you guys know much about them, you're on a very regimented eating schedule. 
And I was at the point where I was eating tilapia, a fish I never enjoyed in my life. I hated the taste of it, but I would do anything at that time in my life to look a certain way. So I would choke down this food, even though I didn't enjoy it. Um, And it wasn't until I had, gosh, I had done at least five or six fitness competitions at this time. I was opening my first gym. um, And so I had all this stress on my body. I was sleeping very, very little because I was a business owner and I had to do all this um, exercise in order to make weight for my competition day. Um, I went to the doctor because I started having just little things that were nagging at me. But the number one thing was I had lost my cycle. Um, and as a woman, it's kind of nice not to have it. You know, you don't like the cramps that come along or sometimes that time of the month isn't fun. So I let it slide for about six months and six months into it, I went to the doctor. She stressed the importance of Kayleen. If you are not producing a regular cycle, this could cause long-term damage. And she listed out some things and one of them was cancer. And I didn't, I pushed it aside, you know, cause I was young and sometimes you think you're invincible. It's never going to happen to me. Um, and my goal still was looking a certain way. That was what health was in my mind at the time. So I kind of listened to her, but didn't continued going back for my monthly appointments with her. And finally, one day it clicked. I had no energy. All I wanted to do was sleep all the time. Um, like I, I had to live on caffeine to function. And this is so embarrassing for me to say I lived on monster energy drinks. I felt like a like a um, drug drug addict going into the store to buy these because I was so, I knew how bad they were for me, but I needed that in order to function throughout the day. Um, So that was breaking point number two, when my doctor's words finally hit home in my head. And she said, Kayleen, you need to be having a regular cycle on top of many other things. And if you don't, These are the side effects. It took about six months of her saying these um, for it to finally hit me in the face and wake me up and say, no, what you are thinking health is, is so far from what healthy is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what led me into where I am today with my lifestyle. That's incredible. It's like you went from one extreme of like, sedentary sitting in an office sitting in a chair to like the complete polar opposite of you know fully cutting weight and fitness competitions um I mean that's pretty interesting do you when you were sitting in the office and living that very sedentary lifestyle I mean were you tired and feeling fatigued and everything then too because you you know couldn't move around and Yeah, totally. But at the time I didn't know because you're so like, that's your lifestyle and that's your norm. And you don't realize how fatigued and sluggish and foggy brain you are until you start to make a change. Um, so looking back, yeah, I always had a two, three o'clock slump and I see how much I lived on caffeine and sugar, you know, like little snacks, donuts or whatever in the middle of the day to give me that instant burst of energy. But ultimately, while it made me feel good for the moment, that's what was contributing to my sluggishness and my foggy brain. 
And then it's so interesting because then going to like the complete opposite side and like working out all the time and being underweight then and super active, and then you're still having those slumps and the fatigue and being tired um, because you weren't feeding your body with like the real fuel that one needs. And so it really is all about balance. For sure. And I think that, you know, like me, that's where a lot of women get frustrated on this fitness journey because while I do feel like the fitness world is much more about balance now than it was 15 years ago. Um, when you go from sedentary to I'm going to lose weight and you're fully dedicated to it. Sometimes you've got your, your blinders on and you don't see the harm that you're doing to your body by trying to do good. That's such a good point. I think it is such a easy thing to kind of get zoned on your goal to the point that you're not paying attention, whether it's a fitness goal or really honestly, any goal out there, it's so easy to get so drawn in because it's something that you want. It's something you're really motivated to make a change about in your life that you start to not notice maybe what's happening big picture. And you don't realize when you're starting to do things that aren't actually helping you towards what you really want. You're just keeping so focused on that one aspect. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a lot about how kind of your old vision of health when you were kind of going through this process of weight loss is, was not what it is to you now. Can you kind of share with us what your, what your definition of health, your version of health is at the moment? Yeah. So I have a goal to live to be 100 years old. Now I know that there are some factors that are completely out of my control. Like a bus could hit me when I go outside, you know? But there are so many factors to longevity that are 100% within my control. And some of those things are sleep, hydration, nutrition, movement in your body, um, mindset. You know, those are all the things that I work on daily to make sure that I'm fueling my body and living my healthiest life. So for me, healthy now is not how I look and feel in the moment. Yes, I want to look good now and I want to feel good now. Um, And through focusing on long-term health, that is like, that's a benefit, but healthy to me now is how am I fueling my mind, body, and my soul so that 10 years from now, I still look and feel good. 20 years from now, I still look and feel good. Um, but like, if I could cut my body open, all of my organs would be functioning well, everything in there would look like a well-oiled machine instead of a clogged artery. I love that definition of health. It's, it's about the long-term, not the short-term. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And especially fueling your mind, body, and soul. I mean, that's truly about like longevity and I think there's a lot of really great movements happening nowadays that is about the whole picture, looking at the body as a whole and the soul and the mind and the spirit as being part of that like whole body picture and the difference that that can make in how you feel every day and living a nice long life. You have to address every part of those Right. And stress is such a huge factor, um, in longevity or just life in general. Stress is such a big part. If you have stress management in your life and you have a morning routine, an evening routine, you have just a good regimen 
of a healthy lifestyle instead of a short-term plan of this is the diet I'm going to be on to lose weight, or this is the exercise program I'm going to do for six weeks. If you've got a good regimen in place now, I'm just going to say something that's relevant to our time that we're going through like COVID-19. Um, it's a scary time. Um, people are financially scared. People are physically scared. Um, health-wise, they're nervous. Um, and I've had people reach out to me recently of how are you staying so positive through this? And it's not because I'm not less fearful than anybody else of what is going on in the world, but it's because I have regimens and routines set up in my daily schedule and I haven't broken those. Like I'm not sleeping in, I'm not Netflixing and chilling. I'm, I'm not eating where <laughs> I'm not stuck in my house and just eating whatever I can. I am waking up and I'm doing my daily journal. I'm doing my morning workouts. I'm taking my dog for a walk. So I'm working on my mind, body, and my soul still every single day during a fearful time when we could easily slip back into bad habits. Oh my gosh. I just want to be like, preach. <laughs> because <laughs> over here, I like completely slipped out of my routine. I have been like a get up at 6 a.m., 6.15 a.m. person for as long as I can remember, forever, for years. And in the last like two and a half weeks, I have been getting up at like 10, 10 30, 11, which I've never been one to like <laughs> sleep that late. And it has thrown me off so much because then I'm eating lunch at like three. Normally I'd be eating dinner at like five or six. Now I'm eating dinner at like seven or eight. And then I like kind of feel like shit when I'm going to bed. And it has just so thrown me off. And so um the other day I was like, I can't do it anymore. You know, I was trying to like enjoy it and be like, this is a time I can sleep in. Um, anyway, so I set my alarm today <laughs> in the morning and I'm like gonna bump back like a half hour every day to get back to my normal routine because I do feel like so out of whack. And I mean, I definitely needed the extra sleep, but um, I have zero resemblance of my normal routine. And um, Chelsea had talked about keeping your routine going and making extra time, like having some of the extra time because you are doing more working from home that you are going to perfect your routine. And that was inspiring to also like uh, Chelsea and I are kind of doing like an exercise together every day and keeping each other accountable, which is really good too. Cause I was like, I need accountability. Um, but what would you, I've, I have looked on Instagram and seen that you've had like an amazing morning routine and evening routine. And you just seem like so dialed in, even on your vacations, you're sticking to it. And I would love for you to share a little bit about what is involved in that routine. Because when I've watched you doing it, it feels doable. It feels accessible. It feels like you are energized from it. It feels inspiring. It doesn't feel like unattainable and, you know, some kind of like foreign concept. And so I would love if you would share a little bit about that. And yeah. I'd like to okay. add on um, to that question. So that way you can kind of answer them at the same time. But how did you develop that routine as well? Since it does work so well for you. And I know sometimes routines can be a little intimidating to be like, well, what should I do in my routine? Yeah, I love that question. So I will tell you, I have model. I, I love to model my myself in the systems that I set up in my life by other people that are more successful than me because they're obviously doing something right. And for anybody that's listening to this, 
Um, if my morning routine that I am sharing here in a minute is too much for you, don't do it because that was the hardest thing for me at first is I would listen to, you know, somebody that has attained a level of success that I want to attain someday. And their morning routine was like all these crazy things. And I would try to implement it and it would just exhaust me, overwhelm me. And I was like, you know what? maybe I'm just not meant to be successful. And that was completely the wrong way of thinking. What I had to do was take tidbits of people. So I read, I love reading. I've read so many books. I've listened to so many podcasts and I've just stolen tidbits from people and put it into my lifestyle the way that it works for me. So I'm a morning person. I've always been a morning person and that's when I function best. That's when my brain is fresh and I'm creative So my morning routine, I wake up, I have a cup of coffee and a big glass of water because we all need to be hydrated in the morning. And the first thing I do is I go to my computer and I either write because I'm inspired. So for my blog or for my um, salon, I just write. Um, Or I go to my journal and I write. One thing that I do also when I'm drinking my cup of coffee is I write three big rocks. So what are the three big things that I need to do for that day? And if I achieve those, I'm moving one step closer to my long-term goal. Um, because there, we always have a to-do list and you can get so bogged down in your to-do list and really never make take actions forward because you're just so overwhelmed. But if you focus on three things that you can do, it's so simple to at least accomplish those three things. Um, Once I'm done with my cup of coffee, I have a small home gym. So I go downstairs to my little gym and I do 20 to 40 minutes of movement. And honestly, most days it's just 20 minutes. I like to be efficient. I don't spend a lot of time down there. I will tell you in a minute something fun I'm doing during this quarantine time, but I do either like an interval training or a yoga session. Every day is different or um, like an all over weight session. Every day is different for me. I don't have a specific training regimen that I follow. I listen to what my body wants for that day. Um, So the fun thing that I've added in during quarantine is I've always wanted to dance. I suck at dancing, but um, there's this guy on YouTube called The Fitness Marshal. And now that I have more time, I love him. He's hilarious. (laughs) He's so So great. (laughs) I've been downstairs dancing. um, So I'm breaking my 20 to 40 minute rule, but that's on my work days. Um, I'm down there for like an hour and a half dancing now. And if you guys could video, it would be hilarious, but it's, you have to have fun. I guess that's the point of um, my morning routine is when I'm working out, I'm always having fun working out. It doesn't feel forceful like it used to for me. Um, after my workout, I go shower and I get ready for the day. And that's something that I'm still doing during quarantine is I'm getting ready for the day because it's so easy to live in sweatpants, um, especially for those that work at home. And before you know it, that's when bad habits can start to come in. So I do my hair, I do my makeup, and I put clothes on as if I were getting ready for work that day. Um, After that, like when you guys get ready and you put your clothes on for the day, I think that's a, a mental cue of work mode, like work mode is turned on. So that's my morning routine. Um, food wise, like I always grab breakfast before I go to work. My breakfast is not the same every single day, but I will say I'm plant-based. 
So it's something that's going to fuel my body and make me feel good for the start of my day. And then my evening routine, um, especially when I'm working is I review my goals for the day first and foremost. So when I'm done working for the day before I completely check out and uh, make dinner is I go back to those three big rocks and I kind of reflect on those. Did I, one, did I complete them? Two, am I happy with how far I got towards them? And then I kind of start writing out what are going to be my three big rocks for the next day or, or just what are some um, reflections that I have on the day? What are my biggest wins and what are some things that I could change for the next day? Um, I'm also in a service-based industry, so I go through my numbers and I write down my service goals for the day, how many service dollars. That way I know financially if I'm on track. And then um, that's my mental cue that I'm done for the day. I love to take my dogs for a walk to just have that transition from work day to, okay, this is my time. And the walk gives you some fresh air. It gives you time to connect with your animals or your spouse or somebody else. Um, but it's that great transition. Then I go into dinner with my husband. Uh, we always like to cook something healthy, although I do have some snacks. I'm a snacker after dinner, um, usually still something healthy. And then we always watch an hour worth of TV together. And that's our time that we end the night. I stick to a bedtime, the same bedtime every single night, even on the weekends, even on vacations, because I like to stay in my flow, like my circadian rhythm. Um, my body naturally wakes up early. And if I'm cutting into my sleep, then it depletes my energy. Oh, That's incredible. Love all that. Mm -hmm. I know I like took notes for all of these, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's really cool too, that you are sticking to your routine of going to bed and getting up in the morning, um, no matter what, because, and I think it's important to share. It's like, once you are in that flow, like you said, it's not work to do that. It's not a chore. It doesn't feel restrictive when that is just like your way of life. Um, I know that like I would go on vacations and because my internal clock would wake up really early. Also, I knew that I couldn't stay up super late because I would never, I, I'm not one that can you, well, I, I know that I just said that I was like sleeping till 10, 11 in the morning. This is a very like odd thing for me. Normally <laughs> I like, wouldn't be able to sleep past six or seven in the morning, no matter what, even if I went to bed at two or three in the morning. And, um, so it was a priority for me to try and keep a resemblance of a bedtime. And, you know, when you're in time changes or different time zones, like that, that's always a little bit challenging too. Um, but I also love how you've created these like mental cues for the morning and the evening of like going into work mode and then going out of work mode, because that is something that whether you work from home all the time are working from home right now with COVID or don't work from home period. And you just go off to work. Um, we're in such like a culture these days of being on all the time, no matter what. And, um, that, that's really something. Cause then you can give yourself that break of, like you said, in the evening, this is like me time and allow that, you know, I think that that's, um, I'm super inspired. That's really awesome. I like those mental cues a lot too. I know as someone who on, a normal day, <laughs> a normal life, I work out of my home half the time and in my home half the time. And I know that I sometimes struggle with, okay, when do I stop working? 
when do I create this time for me? Because it is so easy just to keep going and keep hustling and doing all those things. And especially I've noticed now that I'm not leaving my own work at all. Those cues are, I'm finding them to be even more challenging to find. So I love that idea of like, you have something of, this is the end of the day. I think that was really awesome. Yeah, it's also oh. non-negotiables. You know, you have to mm-hmm. have the non-negotiables. And Cassie, this is something that you and I have talked a lot about. And now that my salon is shut down due to COVID, um, I've had some more space to think of one thing that I'm working on particularly is what are the hours of my day that I work best with my guests? So I said it earlier, I'm a morning person and I just don't like... I don't function well after 4.35 at night. I would rather be at home with my family. And during this time where I've had some space to think, I've really realized that I don't want to be at the salon until 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. That's not what's serving me. And so I'm even diving deeper now into my non-negotiables of what serves me so that I can be my best when I'm around other people. Because if you're just saying, and especially as women, you always want to say yes to everybody and you always want to put everybody else first and then you have nothing left to give. So I really encourage everybody around me, especially my team at the salon to set up their non-negotiables and their boundaries and work, work in that space. See, that's amazing. That is so valuable. And yeah, we, we have talked about that because I'm the same way. Like my body shuts down around like sometimes like two o'clock actually I have found. And I had a client um, or I still have a client, just haven't seen her, um, but she has rheumatoid arthritis and she's the complete opposite. In the morning, her joints hurt so much and she is so fatigued and in so much pain. And so she doesn't like to book anything until after like noon. And then she said going into late afternoon, evening is when her body feels the best and her, you know, her joints have gotten moving and everything. So it really is so individual because I'm much more of like morning, you know, if I could be done with my day by noon, that's like what I should be, you know, shooting for and, um, and creating those boundaries. And, you know, when we had that interview with Nitika, she was talking about how much she says no, so that when she says yes, she can give 150% of herself. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big moment for me of like, I say yes to all the things. I am terrible at saying no. I've been really working on it. But then there's like, I'm giving like a part of myself with every yes and not fully there in my yeses. And then, I don't know. So I think that having those boundaries is, um, yeah, definitely really valuable. And I also like, to sort of like go back for like a second too about creating that routine and taking the tidbits from everybody. I think that's really important also is like finding what works for you individually and even saying, Oh, if I can't keep this routine, like I'm not meant to be successful. I mean, I think we can all probably relate. Like you almost set yourself up for failure. Yes. Trying to do something that isn't right for you. And I know that Chelsea, like you and I were talking about this because there was that book you were reading about the morning and miracle morning. Miracle Morning. By Hal. Yep, by Hal Elrod. It's a good one. But I know I do not identify as a morning person. I know Cassie 
when I say that, it says like, Chelsea, you are a morning person. You can start working at eight o'clock. And I'm like, yeah, well, um, I'm not someone who will naturally wake up at five or six. I will sleep in until seven or eight if I'm able to. And I really enjoy slow mornings. And so I thought it was interesting as both of you were like, yeah, I like to be done earlier. I'm like, yeah, I would love to start my day at 10 and work until six or seven at night. Like that would work great for me because I tend to be a little bit more of a night owl. And so I, I think it just shows that everyone's different. You have to find those times where you show up as your best naturally. And if you can mold your schedule around that, the best that you can. Yeah, it really is finding what's right for you and taking the tidbits because in that, is it, am I right in that, in that miracle morning book that his morning routine is like two hours long or two something? Hours long. It's two hours long. And when I read yeah. it, I was just like, Nope. But I think that for him, it didn't start off as being two hours. I think it started off as being like an hour or so. And even in the book, like it walks you through creating a routine. And I think he recommends start, like you can start with like five or 10 minutes and just make it a little bit longer. Um, But I mean, there's some stuff that I didn't really resonate for my morning routine. I like slower mornings. I like being able to sit in my chair with my coffee cup and my water and my robe and my journal and meditate and take my time. I don't enjoy exercising in the morning. And so for me, if I'm going to add in movement, it's going to be like a slow yoga class or foam rolling or stretching or something that's just really, really gentle on my body. Because I'm just not ready to like, super get moving. And I love what you just said about how his started at 10 minutes. He's Mm -hmm. had some significant things that have happened in his life where he almost died. And I think for him, that's why it went from 10 minutes to two hours, because Mm -hmm. when you almost die, like you appreciate your life so much more. Um, so for me, I've added things and I test them out for a while. And if it serves me, it stays, but if it doesn't, it goes. So you know, when you're creating your good morning routine or your good rituals and your non-negotiables, try things out and don't think that, okay, I'm implementing XYZ morning routine. And then for one week you try it and it doesn't work. Okay. I'm just not a morning routine person. You can't just give up like that. You have to say what works, what doesn't work. And this is another thing that I do every week is I reflect back on my full week and I write down what was, what worked for me that week? What didn't work for me that week? What were my big wins? That way I'm, I'm kind of like patting myself on the back and celebrating that I did, or I achieved an accomplishment that I wanted to do that week. Um, and that's where, that's my checkpoint weekly on Sunday when I do this to see what rituals do I need to keep in? What feels good for me and what rituals do I need to eliminate? And that goes the same for exercise. Recently, I've, um, I love lifting weights, but I haven't really been lifting weights right now. And I don't know why I just haven't felt like it, but I've listened to my body and I've allowed my body to tell me, okay, I want to dance. I want to do yoga. I want to go for long dog walks and not lift weights because I know that there will come a time where I just feel the urge to want to lift weights again. And you have to ebb and flow with your life like that. I love that listening to your body and letting that determine what exercise that you do. I think that's really, really important. Oh, hundred percent because yeah, people are so bad about that sometimes. Um, and so when you do that reflecting each week, kind of looking back, I mean, roughly how long would you say that that takes you to do? 
Oh my gosh. So it used to take me only five minutes. Like I would just write things down. It was almost like a checklist thing. I had to do that. And then I could go on my day. Now I could spend, I could spend two hours reflecting on my week because I have such big goals for myself um, that I really want to make sure that the path that I am on, the things that I'm doing daily, the um, time that I'm spending with people or on certain projects are aligning with where I want to go. And that will take me a good hour and a half to two hours to say, okay, this is, this is where I spent my time last week. Did it distract me from my goal or did it take me closer to my goal? These are the, the things that I have coming up for the next week, like the week to come. Does this align with my goal? And is there an area that I need to say no to? Is my schedule too booked for next week? And it's going to deplete me. So come weekend, I have no time to enjoy myself because I'll just want to take a nap or I'll just feel depleted. Um, so I'm not only looking backwards on what went right in the following week and what are some things that I can change. I'm looking forward also and planning for the week to come. And I usually just do it week by week. I do plan for an entire quarter, um, some big projects, and then I back calculate that week by week. So that's how I'm able to plan in that week advance. I love how purposeful you're being. I know, right? (laughs) Like, especially with like the quarter planning, Chelsea has taught me about that. And I love it. These like quarterly goals feel so like doable. Mm -hmm. And then you can like watch them evolve. And so far, Chelsea and I have been like smashing our quarterly goals, which is like super exciting. Yeah. Otherwise you have this big goal. I'm going to use weight loss as an example, because that's an easy one to use, but it could be a financial goal too. But say you have a weight loss goal where you want to lose 20 pounds and you don't know, like you haven't done your planning. You don't know how long that's going to take. 20 pounds seems like a huge mountain to climb. But when you say, okay, I'm going to give myself nine months to do that. And you back calculate what you need to lose per week and the little daily steps that you need to take. It's so easy. It's so doable. Yeah. See, that's awesome. And then like when you are like, like look, reflect back on your week. Um, I feel like one of the things that Chelsea and I have definitely talked about with journaling, time tracking, reflecting, um, that Chelsea really taught me about with, um, her life coaching and such is it's not to like shame yourself or like make yourself feel guilty or like, look at the bad job that you did or something like that. It's like an observation tool Mm -hmm. and just to take from learning from it. And so it's nice that you can look at the good things. So, um, you know, like you said, you're not really feeling like lifting weights right now. So you're dancing and doing yoga. It's not like you're going to sit there like, Oh, I didn't like, you know, do my weightlifting goals this week, or I didn't, do all of the cardio or something. It's like, no, I felt like dancing. I felt like doing this. And so would you agree that you don't let yourself, you know, go into a shaming state or like guilty state? It's an observation tool. I do now, but I used to not. And, and I think that that's where a lot of people get stuck and they stop and they give up because I used to think that in order to look a certain way or be healthy, you had to do X, Y, and Z in the gym. And there's no way 10 years ago, I would allow myself to dance. I, okay. I did dancing with the local stars. 
you can YouTube it. It's on there and it's terrible, but I did it. Fun. And I remember, um, I was training for a bikini competition at the time. And I had a coach that I had a plan, um, nutrition and exercise wise that I had to complete and exercise wise. It was at least one hour per day in the gym. On top of that, I was training for Dancing with the Stars. We had to learn a brand new dance every single week. I'm not a dancer, so it took me like that much more energy to figure out what the heck my body is trying to do. And I would not consider that dance my workout for the day. So I would shame myself if I did not complete my weightlifting session to achieve this bikini competition because the dancing was not equivalent to it. And now it's, it's so freeing now. And it's taken me, it took me so many years to get to this spot mentally, but now I don't care. Like as long as my body moves and I feel good, that's the end goal, right? And whatever form of exercise or movement or lack thereof gets me there, then good for me. Yes. Your body doesn't care how you move. It just cares that you are moving. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, speaking of your body, I'm kind of curious too, like you had talked about how when you were really underweight and really pushing it, like you said, and that you had lost your cycle. um, I have heard of that happening with many women and I've seen that happen with friends or family members too. Um, would you mind sharing like how long that was for? And then when, like maybe what steps had taken to where your body was reflecting that you were healthier and your cycle did come back and then maybe how you felt differently when that happened? Yeah. So I lost my cycle for a total of six years. Like did not have one at all. Not even, not spotting nothing. Um, So then when I finally woke up and listened to my doctor after her barking in my ear for so long and saying, Kayleen, like, this is not healthy because there were so many perks to it. I didn't have to deal with the monthly nonsense, you know? Um, But once I finally listened to her, it did take a while. We had to, I'm very holistic. Um, Some doctors before I found my current doctor were telling me you need to go on birth control um, whatever. And I wasn't going to do that. So with her, another thing she told me is you need to gain weight. And I would not listen to her because I was like, no, I'm eating this diet plan that somebody gave me that's supposed to be healthy. And I'm working out. I don't need to gain weight. Um, and then she had me go on some bioidentical hormones. And so I did the bioidentical hormones without gaining weight for, let's see, about six months and I would get a cycle, but I would get it sporadically. Um, There was no consistency to it. I didn't know when it was kind of going to come. I would go three to four or five months between having one. And then finally I started listening to her and started gaining weight. And it was more so because I looked at a photo and I finally saw how thin I had gotten And before I would still look in the mirror and feel like my, my old self that was heavier than I wanted to be, even though I was, I was a size zero, I weighed 105 pounds. I'm five foot six. That's way too thin. But in my mind, 
I still saw the old version of myself when I looked in the mirror. But one day, you know, my mom had been telling me, Kayleen, I'm getting worried about you. And finally I looked at a photo of myself on Facebook and I was like, wow, your arm, like there's nothing to your arms. I just have no substance to me. And even in my face, I, I didn't look happy. I didn't look healthy. I just looked sunk in. So that's when I started gaining weight. And that was about another six month period where I did the bioidentical and gained some weight. And then I told my doctor, I think I can stop doing the hormones. Like I want to try not doing these, um, and see if it continues. So for the next year after that, uh, it was still somewhat sporadic, but I had put on 20 pounds and that was a hard thing to, you know, when you're used to being 105 pounds and now you're 130 pounds, um, it was hard for me to bite looking at a different body in the mirror, but my cycle was coming back on its own consistently every single month. Um, I didn't feel as fatigued. Yes, I have days where I'm still tired, but that could be due to like a bad night's sleep, or maybe I had some snacks at night that I shouldn't have had, but hormonal wise, my body is functioning like it should be now. And to, to regain that health, it took me two and a half years. It took me working side by side with my doctor every single month, bioidentical hormones for a short period of time, eating enough, but eating enough good foods, not just eating to gain weight, eating good quality foods to gain weight. What, I mean that to, you're right, putting on weight when, especially when you're already like seeing yourself kind of in a, um, I don't want to use, I don't know when you, like you said, you were looking at yourself and at first you weren't seeing this really thin person in front of you. You still saw all the things that you could like still lose the weight or change your body. So when you were putting on that weight, what mindset work did you have to do to like accept it and know it was positive and know it was good and not regress into those bad habits? So the first thing that I did is there, YouTube is amazing. Um, there is a girl on there. Her name's Stephanie Buttermore. I think Buttermore is her last name. And she's gone through this same cycle as I have. She was very thin and she was already going through, um, I can't remember what she called it, but kind of a reverse dieting where she gained weight. She has a whole video series. And I had been watching that series Um, during this time that my doctor was telling me I needed to gain weight. Um, So it it helped me seeing somebody else go through it um, out there in the public eye because I had never, I thought I was all alone in this game. I had no friends that had gone through this, nobody that I knew. Um, So seeing her slowly put on weight, because it doesn't happen overnight, and then seeing the confidence that her Her boyfriend is on her channel often, and he instilled so much confidence in her, but then also seeing days where she broke down crying because she didn't feel confident and her clothes fit different and her body was changing. Seeing that realness helped me forecast what was ahead for my future. Um, So I was already in the mindset of, of, okay, this is going to happen. My body is going to change. Um, I'm going to have these high and low feelings and I let myself feel the low times where I felt ugly. I felt fat. I felt bloated. Um, but then I also let myself feel the high times of, oh my gosh, I'm a girl with curves now. And, um, like my body looks different and I'm filling out clothes differently. And, but 
also my body is working, you know, it's Mm -hmm. working and I'm not having to force it to work. Gosh, I love that so much. I really do. Cause like, I mean, I definitely, I weigh the most I've ever weighed except for when I was pregnant with my son and um, I've like weighed this much. I weigh like a hundred and between 140 to 148 pounds. I just like fluctuate those eight pounds all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've weighed this much for like five years or something, I think. And before that I was pretty consistently like 120, 125, but I feel stronger and healthier at this weight. And I feel, I don't know, like when I was that, and I'm five, five, uh, for everybody else too out there, because, you know, we're like not supposed to talk about our weight, you know, but it's like, yeah. screw it. Why not? You know, I'm five, five, it's just like, one. it's just a number. Two it's numbers. just a number. number. Yeah. I don't have a scale. I haven't had a scale forever. The only reason I know I weigh that much is because of going to my doctor's office. Same thing. Like I have to get measured for my medications and I go by like how my clothes fit. And, you know, if I'm like uncomfortable in my clothes or something, but I definitely felt, I feel healthier and stronger at this weight. And I do kind of like my curves and I like feeling like a woman, you know, I feel like I look like a woman and feminine and, um, but it took me a little bit of mindset adjusting to get to that self-confidence level also. I think it's all about who you follow on social media too. You know, like, Mm -hmm. um, if I took somebody's phone and I opened up their Instagram, you're probably following all these women who, who are thin and fit and they're probably, yeah, while they eat healthy and they work out genetically, they're probably made to be thin. And some people's bodies are not made to be like that. And then you can follow other people like Lizzo, look at her and Mm -hmm. she's rocking it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can be confident at any body size, but you have to be like, it's all in your head. It's all what's between your two ears. So true. And when I went on a little bit of that self-confidence journey, I like totally changed my social media also. Um, I did this like 10 day body challenge confidence thing with a woman named Summer Inanen. She has a podcast also. I haven't listened to her for quite some time, but she was really helpful a few years ago for me. And then I found this Instagram account at non airbrushed me, which I showed Chelsea and I love it. It is like real women. And then there's, um, at Sunday morning view, which is another great one. Um, and so my, and, and Aerie who don't do any airbrushing, I freaking love Aerie. I'm wearing like all of their clothes, but, um, those, my Instagram is filled with real bodies, like real women. And so now I feel like the way that I've like surrounded yeah, like my social media and the things that I, the the images that are exposed to me every day are not the like typical ones that I think a lot of people are still exposed to, you know, airbrush stuff or, um, you know, six foot tall women models, you know, super thin, um, which that's their body type. That's just not my body type. So my like media feeds are much more filled with like real women. And I don't find myself comparing myself anymore. I feel like my body kind of looks like theirs, vice versa. And I've, you know, it's interesting too, because then I've even seen like, there's all this like shaming stuff I've seen, you know, like Gigi Hadid was like getting body shamed on this Victoria's Secret um, runway show. And then it was like, well, that's not fair either because that's her body type. 
Yeah. You know, she just has a supermodel body type and it's not fair to like body shame her that we can't look like her when look at her mother, look at her family. That's her genetics, like you said. And of course, there's going to be some people that that is not the case and there's not their genetics. But we need to acknowledge the fact that like some people are going to have that like super thin, you know, model-esque figure um, and they shouldn't be shamed for being thin and skinny either. You just have to like look at your body type. And yeah, we're going to be doing a whole episode on this, aren't we, Chelsea? Body image. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Body confidence and body image and also how it relates to like chronic illness. So stay tuned, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And I really like how you brought up social media and who you're following. Because I think that that's really true in general, whether you're looking at people that are kind of looking like you physically. But also, I know I'm very purposeful on my um, social media as I don't follow people that in any way create any negative negativity. So I follow a lot of like business accounts or like boss babes. And if there's one out there that's making me feel like I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough or anything like that, I try to recognize that and unfollow them. And I really try to keep as much positivity in those feeds, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or anything else because all that does really make a difference and if you're constantly seeing images or reading things that are making you go oh well like I'm not doing that I must not be doing something right or I'm wrong or I'm not good enough I'm bad all those things that's not going to be helpful for you feeling your best in life and showing up as the best version of yourself so I think as long as you're following people that make you feel good and you're getting rid of the people on the accounts that don't make you feel good that'll that'll be helpful no matter what And that deviates you from your goal. You know, when you are watching these other people that make you feel I'm not doing enough, um, it's making you, it's putting your mind in an alternate state from where it needs to be to focus on those quarterly goals that you set for yourself. You know, like it can even go down to, I'm a salon owner. And if I follow other stylists or other salon owners on social media, while my goal might be to focus on hair extensions and hair color, because that's what I love to do. If they're out there and they're doing this new cool thing, I could totally get deviated from what my goal for my business is. And so, and I've done this before where then I find myself spending you know, a month doing this training course or two months doing a training course and trying to implement something new only to find out it didn't work. And I just wasted two months of my time when I should have just been laser focused on what my goal was for myself. And I should have been cheering on the salon while they're doing something different because that's what's serving them. So it goes down to personal and professional when you're following people that are straying you away from what you want for you and you have to, but you have to be so connected to yourself to know what that is. And that took me a long time to check in with myself first every single morning and say like, Kayleen, these are your goals. Are these still serving you? What's making you feel good? What do you want from your life? Because this is the one life that I have to live. I don't get another shot at this. And while I expect to live to be 100 and I'm 35, like, so there's still a lot of years there. I don't know. And I want to be proud of myself for the actions that I took every single day because it aligned with what I feel I'm put on this earth to do instead of what somebody else is put on this earth to do. And I want to give it a try. Yeah, that's cool. I love that too. I really like that. I love that 
that you said talking about like connecting with yourself and figuring out what it is you want. What do you want to do in this life? And then making sure you stay focused on doing those things and feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your purpose, not just trying to live someone else's. Like you said, that's, that's awesome. So what advice, Kayleen, would you give to someone who is struggling with creating that time for themselves to really focus on making themselves feel good, uh, figuring out what it is they want in their life? They're always like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Because I feel like that is the number one excuse I always hear from people like, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm like, yeah, well, you have as many hours in a day as Beyonce does. She does a lot with them. What are you doing with yours? So it sounds like you have done a phenomenal job creating space within your day, within your week, within your life to make your morning routine, your rituals, your evening routine, a priority, checking in with yourself, a priority. So if someone is really struggling out there, finding those little uh, pockets of time, what advice would you give to them? If you want to get off the rat race, you have to find time. And I heard a quote early on, on my healthier lifestyle journey that said, if you're the one that says you don't have time, you're the one that needs time the most to create that time the most. Um, so like wake up 10 minutes earlier, you know, start with that. Or the number one thing that I think everybody should do, no matter if you already have a good routine or not is on a Saturday or on a Sunday, when you have breakaway from work, I was going to say when you have time, but you're already saying you don't have time. Um, when you have breakaway from work, you should do a brain dump and write down on a typical day, where do you spend all of your time? Because I guarantee, and our cell phones now, if you have an Apple phone, it tells you how much time you're on your screen, right? And I guarantee you will see at least one hour that you're wasting per day when you brain dump and you write down where you're spending your time. And if you could take that one hour, even just 10 minutes out of that one hour for yourself, your life will change. I used to be in such a rat race where from the moment I woke up, this is when I owned my gym, I had to be at the gym training clients at 5 a.m. So I really had to be there at like 4.15. So I had to wake up at 3.30, you know, because I had to have the energy to be present for them. And then I would train straight. Sometimes I wouldn't leave the gym until 9 PM and that would be five days per week. And then I still trained morning classes on a Saturday. And I was living in this hamster wheel of go, 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 go. And while I got a lot of accomplished, I didn't even know who I was anymore. And so I, I was just feeling so disconnected from me because I felt like I was a computer, just press the button and go every morning. And that was the wake up call of this isn't the life that I want to live. I'm worn out. I'm tired. Why am I doing this for everybody else? So I had to create those small pockets of time and it was just five or 10 minutes, which has evolved into my current morning routine. So do your brain dump, see where you have some time, quit scrolling, maybe let watch five less minutes of TV at night or just wake up 10 minutes earlier. I love that where you encourage people to start small, like just find, find those five or 10 minutes. You can find five minutes in a day to check in with yourself and just give yourself that time. And it, I know for me, it becomes something that you just crave. Mm-hmm. Like I like being able to wake up and have, even if it's only 10 or 20 minutes, I love that time to myself. I like that kind of my slow easing into my day. And I like being able to 
take time in the evening to kind of sit down and relax and chill out before I go to sleep. I know that makes a big difference. And I think the, when you start small, you start to kind of notice the changes it makes and your body and your mind and your soul starts to crave it. And then it makes it easier for you to make it that five minutes turn into 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or however long you feel like you need. I am so territorial of my time now. Like if I don't get my time, because it's such a huge part of me just being able to show up and somebody enters that space before I'm able to get my time, I'm super resentful. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And I, I, when you were talking about when you owned your gym, that really resonated with me because as someone who um, teaches group fitness classes and was a personal trainer for many, many years, I, I lived that life too, or you're supposed to be there at 5am. And I am not someone, I do not function at 5am. No one wants to be around me at 5am. Um, whenever I had clients be like, oh, you're great at being in here in the morning. And I'm like, well, I'm, this is 100% acting. I'm faking it because I don't want to be here. And I know it made a big difference in my life when I was like, I will not do anything before 7am. Cause that seemed like a time where I was like, okay, it's, it's still morning, but it wasn't so early that I couldn't function. And by, I only do that once a week, the rest of my week, my day starts at like nine (laughs) o'clock and that works really well for me. And so being able to place those boundaries of, I don't work before this time and I don't schedule anything after this time, um, that made a huge difference in my life and being able to protect that time and creating some of those pockets of space for me to do other things that I needed to do for me. Yeah. And I think that that all just goes into kind of like that same thought of if you create those boundaries and you say no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. And when you do make those boundaries, you show up better for the things that you've said yes to. You know, there's like such a process of guilt, I think, that you have to let go of when you do start saying no and setting boundaries. But looking at the positive things of like, you know that when you show up at 7 a.m., like for teaching Chelsea, you know, you feel so much better. And then Kayleen, when you go home early from a day at the salon and, you know, see clients earlier, you're going to be that much better the next day. And I know that when I started cutting my schedule back a little bit and focusing more on my hours, I was teaching better. Um, I felt more present with my clients. And then I think most importantly, I would go home and I was more present as a mom, you know, because otherwise I would go home having taught like six hours back to back on a Sunday. And then I'd like eat some lunch with my stepdad because he liked to do Sunday lunch and he'd be like waiting all day for me to get there to eat lunch. And so we'd like have lunch and then I'd pass the F out for like two to three hours wiped out. And then it's like evening. And then I'm like, oh yeah, let me try and like go hang out with my son for a bit and like be a mom. And then I'd get like a couple hours on a Sunday and then I'd be like worn out and go to bed at 8.30. I mean, it was just bad. And so looking at the whole day and what's important to you and um, yeah, I'm definitely like super inspired. I'm so glad that we got to talk with you. There's just so much. And I feel like Chelsea, I feel like so much is so aligned with like your beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chelsea is all about like with her co- health coaching, um, life coaching. And cause Chelsea has a master's in exercise science and personal training that you're all about looking at the body in a healthy way. What is healthy for you? How do you feel your best to live the life that you want to live? Not just like, okay, you want to come in and like lose 20 pounds. 
It's like, Chelsea always says, well, why, you know, why do you want to lose the 20 pounds? And then, well, for this reason, well, why? And Chelsea definitely started with me asking, or I wasn't trying to lose weight, but with other things, she would ask me those things like, why, why, why? And then I'm like, oh, and find this like real <laughs> root cause. And then it was like, well, now we can address, you know, how to get to this goal now that we know really why you're wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like Kayleen, when you were saying you have to figure out what's important to you, you have to connect with yourself. Cassie, I saw that happen with you when you were like, I want my life, like my, my life purpose is to provide a good life for myself and for my son. And so when you kind of figured out that was the why behind pretty much Everything. any goal that you have that I think allowed you to start allowing more space for, okay, I'm not going to work this much because I, I don't have the energy to do it. And it allowed you to kind of cut back without feeling guilty that you were working less because you knew in the end, it was going to give you the result that you wanted that was the most important to you. Yeah, and that like aligned with the goal, kind of like Kayleen was saying, like reflecting back on your week, I think it's important to share that when talking about goals, like I don't think I fully understood what goal setting was until I dove into some personal development and then really... Um, Chelsea and I started working together and then I had this like whole new understanding of it. And so as people are listening to this and you are creating your goals for your, your days, your three rocks, like you said, or your weekly goals or your quarterly goals, they don't have to be these like financial or like fitness goals or career goals necessarily. They, they definitely can be. I have all of those as goals, but I also, one of my biggest goals was like, like you just said, Chelsea, providing a life for my son and I and having more quality time and enjoyment time with him. Like I would use all of my spoons, all of my energy in a day at work and like taking care of everybody and then have no time or energy left. Well, I had plenty of time. I had no energy left for the things that that actually mattered. And so my biggest goal became having more energy to spend time with him and take time for myself doing things that I loved and Chelsea really did help with like breaking down, well, you know, why do I want to make this much money as my goal? Why do I want to like have these fitness goals to feel strong and feel healthy? Why, why, why? Ultimately, I wanted more energy for me and my family. And so I, I think it's important to share that, that like when you're looking at some goal setting or writing down your goals or adding that into your routine um, to, I don't know, have that different perspective of like, what is a goal? doesn't have to just be this, like, like I said, financial or career. It can be, but um, there's other ones too. And so to sort of like begin thinking of wrapping things up, (laughs) I would really like to know um, with you, Kayleen. So with people that are listening to this episode, I mean, as women, we all like go to the salon, you know, we all get our hair done somewhere. Um, we all have insecurities. You've talked so much about self-love and gaining confidence within yourself, accepting you for you and like who you want to be and why you want to be, you know, where you've come all this way. Um, I've found, and Chelsea and I both talked about this, that like when we have people come in, um, like a new Pilates client or even current Pilates clients, it's like, we really wish that people would know out there that when they walk in the door, like we are not judging your body. 
we are not judging the way you look. We're not judging if you've had a pedicure because you're going to probably have your socks off. (laughs) We're not looking at that. You know, we're looking at your spine and your posture and how you're feeling and your health history and the way that your body is moving when you walk. You know, we're not looking at the outfit you know, and stuff like that. And so, um, because we frequently will have people come in feeling insecure and especially when we're touching their bodies, um, you know, they'll be like, Oh, sorry. And I don't have my summer bod right now. And it's like, no, I, (laughs) you're beautiful. And I so frequently say that to my clients. Um, and so it's like, we almost want people to know that, yeah, we're not judging you when you come in. We just want you to leave and feel really good about yourself. And so being in the salon- we think all bodies are beautiful. We really do. Like, for reals. (laughs) You know, and ultimately, a body is just a body. It's like a little vessel carrying you around. And, you know, like, I don't know, we've seen and touched a lot of different bodies, all different kinds, shapes, sizes, ages, you know, all the different things. But- yeah. So for you being in the salon business, um, I, one of my best friends is a hairstylist. And so I know that you play therapist a lot to your clients and you contribute to physical and emotional transformations every day. And so with hearing, I'm sure like so many women's different stories, what is something that you wish that maybe women knew and, or that you could tell them about self-confidence and self-love? I guess I just wish that every woman, I guess I wish every person, and this is something that I was reflecting on, on my walk the other day, um, because I had a bit of an attack against me and my salon happened this week. And I was like, these people were saying some hateful things. And, you know, it's so easy to talk badly about yourself or about other people, especially when it's through the computer. Um, So if you're somebody who has been judged through the computer, or if you're somebody that has um, like bad self-talk, I wish everybody could see everybody else as a living, breathing soul. We all have a heart. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. And at our core, we all want the same thing. We're just all in a different outward shell, you know? So um, when I used to own my gym, I had people that would say, I need to get in shape before I can come there. And I'm like, no, like we're here to help you with your nutrition. We're here to help you with the things that you want to change. Don't go get in shape first because what you've been trying to do on your own is obviously not working for you. Mm -hmm. So if we could all just see ourselves and other people as souls, living, breathing souls in an outward vessel, like this is just my skin box that I live in. Um, and I, I still have the same desires as everybody else. You know, like everybody has goals. If we could all just be here to support one another instead of tear each other down. And it, it's just too easy to tear other people down, to tear ourselves down, to judge other people. And when we live in that mentality, that's immediately where our mindset goes. When I approach somebody else, I feel like they're judging me because I'm used to judging other people. And that's not what we're here for. You know, like Cassie, when I come in to see you for Pilates, you are there to help me with my form. You're watching my form. I've said to you before, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't shave my legs today. (laughs) And I've said that to my massage therapist too. Like 
she doesn't care when she's mm-hmm. rubbing on my body that she, I haven't shaved my legs. She's there to relieve the tension that I have in my muscles. And that's mm-hmm. ultimately what we should think. Absolutely. And I'm so, and you're right. Like women empower women and lifting each other up and like all of those beautiful memes you see about like the flower growing next to the other flower and you're not stealing it to their sunlight and all that stuff. I'm so all about that. And you know, every, cause Kayleen would come in for Pilates every Sunday for like 18 months now, unless one of us were, was out of town. So we, we've seen each other every week for a year and a half plus and I definitely have always felt supported and encouraged by you when you come in. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is I always felt like you're all about like sharing the love, empowering women. Um, we started talking more about obviously like your health journey and goals and inspiration and all of that. But I definitely have always felt like supported and encouraged by you. And same Chelsea. I mean, I think that, you know, it's really important to like surround your circle with people like that, that make you feel good and make you feel strong and empowered. And it would be so nice if it wasn't a matter of just surrounding yourself with your circle of people like that. If it was just like, we were all like that. (laughs) you know if we could all just spread the love and maybe during this coronavirus time this is an opportunity for us to really come together we are all in this together and um yeah I just I I love where you're coming from um I'm so glad that we got to talk about all of this I feel like there's you've given like so much treasure and like you know little gold nuggets to share with everybody um Chelsea, what do you, what do you think, Chelsea? (laughs) Well, Kayleen, I really loved hearing your story about how you've gone from kind of looking at your health as this very physical, like looks driven thing to kind of really what's the big picture? What's the long-term picture and how you can really take care of yourself from the inside out, how you can feel good about yourself mind, body, and soul all together. I think that that's something that's really important for a lot of people to hear because we um, sometimes can put so much pressure on the number on the scale, on the size of the clothes that you're wearing. And I think it'll be really great for people to hear how you went down that path and it didn't quite lead to the same good feelings that we kind of think will happen when you get there. And so hearing your story and how you've been able to create time for yourself, set up those boundaries, set up those routines and those rituals, I think will be really inspiring for a lot of people. So where can people find you online if they are wanting to follow your journey themselves? Yeah. So thank you for the interview and thank you for asking. Um, My Instagram is Kayleen.thetossled. And then my, I don't know, Facebook. I, I push everything from Instagram to Facebook. I am not, I don't hang out there much, but you can find me at Kayleen Hoffman. Um, I've been married for uh, five years, I think, four years. And I just recently changed my name. So Kayleen Hoffman on Facebook. And then if you're local to Wichita, you can come see me at the salon. It's called Tossled Salon and Spa. Yay. And we'll put all of those in the show notes mm-hmm. um, also so that you can find Kayleen. And yay, this was just, this was so wonderful. Thank you. I had so much fun. Yay. Great. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Kayleen. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please write us a review to help us reach more people like you. If you'd like to connect with Cassie and I, you can find us on Instagram at The Real Spoonies Unite. You can also join our private Facebook community, Spoonies Unite, or you can visit our website, therealspooniesunite.com, for all sorts of resources and to stay up to date with our current projects. And don't worry, you can find all these links in the show notes below. Thank you to our wonderful Spoonie patrons for all your support, and you can become one too. That's right. All you have to do is go on over to patreon.com slash Unite, and you can get all sorts of extra goodies like videos of our episodes and more. Any support is greatly appreciated. It helps enable us to create more content for all of you, as well as make this podcast sound better and better. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be back in your ears soon.